0: What I'm hearing from corporate pharmaceutical and medical device on biotech is this advice to hotels, stop calling me. And, and it's a sad thing to hear, but that's what they're saying. Stop calling me. If you want to send me an email and check and see how my health is and how I'm doing, that's fine. Don't sell to me right now.
1: This is Hospitality One-to-One, conversations on the industry. Here's your host, Chris Bennett. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Hospitality One-to-One Podcast, Conversations on the Industry, brought to you by Kinsey Connect. Today, we'll be speaking with Pat Shalman, president of Shalman Consulting Group, and Anthony Prusak, a convention and meetings sales expert. They'll be speaking about the future of large-scale meetings, more specifically, medical association and pharmaceutical meetings in light of our new normal. But first, a quick word about one of our new sponsors of the Hospitality One-to-One podcast, Kinsey Connect. That's K-I-N-Z-Y Connect. It's a brand new networking tool built for hospitality professionals by hospitality professionals. Whether you're looking to build your network of peers or looking to grow and take the next step in your career, Kinsey Connect was built for you. It's free to join. Just visit www.kinseyconnect.com. That's www.kinzyconnect.com to learn more and to sign up. Now on to today's guests. Pat Shalman is the president of Shalman Consulting Group and is the author of Breaking the Code to Healthcare Compliance, 5th edition. The book is the resource for the Healthcare Meeting Compliance Certificate Program. Pat was named by Meetings Today as the 2016 Meetings Trendsetter and also named as one of the top 25 women in the meeting industry. She has served as adjunct professor at four universities and currently co chairs the Hospitality Management Industry Advisory Board at St. Louis University's School of Professional Studies and serves as faculty for the Healthcare Meeting Compliance Certificate. Anthony Prusek has a varied career that includes working as the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Sheraton Cleveland Airport, followed by roles at the Marriott Cleveland East, and then he worked as Senior Director of Convention Sales for the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland. Michael became the VP of Business Development for ABTS Convention Services. Anthony's most recent role is as Director of Membership Development for Cleveland Skating Club. Both Pat and Anthony speak about the challenges that hotels have with large meetings in our current climate, in particular when it comes to medical meetings. They also offer valuable advice on how to move forward. Here now are Pat Shalman and Anthony Prusek. Pat, Tony, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks, Chris, for having both of
2: us. Really appreciate it.
1: So I guess, first of all, let's let's go into your background here. Pat, first, kind of give me an idea of your background when it comes to medical meetings and, and the hotel industry. Sure.
0: Um, well, I am the author of Breaking the Code to Healthcare Compliance, which is the only book ever written to date on healthcare compliance, and it's getting ready to go into its fifth edition. I'm an adjunct professor at St. Louis University teaching healthcare medical meeting compliance and transparency and um, I designed the Healthcare Meeting Compliance Certificate program, the HMCC, which currently has about 2,400 HMCCs worldwide, representing 17 countries.
1: Perfect. So you're 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 kind of the subject matter expert. In what we're talking about here. I
0: hope I am. Yes.
1: <laughs> and then Tony, how about you? Kind of give me an idea of your credentials. Uh, great.
2: Um, I've been in hospitality sales and marketing for 30 years. Uh, 60% of my career was in hotel sales and marketing, 40% in live events, meetings and events, and specifically targeted towards major medical association meetings over the course of the last 11 years.
1: So again, a great background, a lot of knowledge in multiple facets of the industry. So now that we've got an idea from both of you of your pedigree, your background, your experience, let's talk about where we are today. I don't wanna rehash what's gone on to leading up to this. We talked, I think, about that at nausea. Let's talk today, right here, right now, what is the current state of the hotel industry when it comes to meetings Medical and otherwise. And we'll start with Pat and
0: then Tony chime in from there. Sure.
2: Thank
0: you. Sure. That's a great question. I think, too, that I agree with you that we're hearing so much about COVID 19 and the effects, but I think what we all need to do is take a realistic and hopeful look at our industry. In healthcare, I will tell you the probability of, of any face to face meetings um, in the remainder of 2020 are probably slim. Um, There will be some, of course, but I think we won't see contracts signed in 2020. We'll begin to see that, I hope, pick up in 2021. Again, I say hopeful because we are bouncing back. We are coming up with alternative strategies. Um, But it's a very difficult time for everyone in hospitality. And it's kind of a touch and go situation for a lot. We're all learning together. Um, So I think, again, staying optimistic, staying educated on what's happening, um, but knowing realistically what is about uh, to happen from now till the end of the year. Tony?
2: Yes. Um, I was looking at the calendar and a majority of meetings, major medical meetings, and I'm speaking 5,000 to 50,000 attendees, uh, have canceled between March and June. The next set of large medical association meetings start up again September, go okay, through December. Unfortunately, I continue to see cancellations uh, that have been announced in the last week. Uh, One of them is uh, TCT, another one ASN, AAP, RSNA, all very large-scale meetings. So uh, like what Pat said, we have to be very realistic yet optimistic. I don't see a very good forecast from now to the end of the year. I believe we'll continue to see more cancellations unless something surprisingly happens with COVID or we have the opportunity to um, get some type of uh, vaccine out here very shortly.
1: Now, let's look at it I mean, dumb it down a little bit. I think we kind of know the answer to this, but in particular, why are medical meetings you know, Pat, you made the statement that you can't foresee a medical meeting happening in person the rest of this year and perhaps into the first part of next year. What makes these meetings so unlikely?
0: Well, I think, and, and probably not so much unlike other conventional meetings, but healthcare has its differences, is that I think at this point, again, everybody's reluctant to travel to get on a plane. Everyone is reluctant to go into a meeting room and sit tightly everyone is reluctant to eat from buffets. Everyone is just uh, very cautious about uh, their daily activities, which is probably going to be a pretty common ground across the entire industry. Maybe the only difference in healthcare is when you have a, a healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, whatever, attending meetings, perhaps they are even more cautious to be sitting next to another healthcare professional, uh, a, a nurse or doc, another doctor. So, and again, um, they've been away from their practices. A lot of the practices, medical practices, have closed, especially in dentistry. So for them, they're they're trying to get back as as well as the rest of us. I, I know my own dentist was telling me that yesterday that he has tried to re, has to try to rebook seven hundred and fifty appointments um, oh. over the last several months. So you can imagine what healthcare professionals are going through. Um, And so that may be the differentiator between a healthcare meeting and a conventional meeting.
1: Wow. Now, Tony, we hear these meetings being canceled. And I I know we we looked at uh, that one of the meetings was down over in the McCormick place in Chicago. And you're looking at around 30,000 room nights at that point, you know, basically gone uh, off the table because of that. Um, and so that leaves a really, really big void in the hotels in that area in their in their bookings. If you're a hotelier, and we're and again we're going to talk more about creative ways that hoteliers can can hold meetings. But first things first. If if medical meetings aren't happening, how does a hotelier make up that void? Where do they look?
2: Well, very difficult, as you reference. You know,
1: RSNA, Radiological Society
2: North America. Um, it's always scheduled their meeting right after Thanksgiving. It's 50,000 attendees and the peak uh, room block is 25,000 plus, 25,000 plus. So now everyone at the convention center is not working. The hotels don't have this occupancy and, you know, trying to find new business right after Thanksgiving in a less than a six month window very, very difficult, Chris, to try to recapture any business during that time period. I mean, rsa alone has met 106 times. They've only canceled twice in the past, and that was due to World War II. I, I just don't know how these hotels are going to make up unless they're going to go out and sell leisure packages. But again, the timing is of essence
1: right here. So before we go into the next step, if you were at that hotel you were currently working as the DOS of that property. Where are you? What's your first step? What are you looking at? Number one?
2: Uh, definitely, I, I would look at, um, of course all of my pacing, uh, to determine what type of demand that has been, um, coming through to the hotel. Then of course, you're going to have to adjust your rates inventory accordingly. Um, you know there may be some folks that still groups that may still want to come in and maybe meet as a company, but I highly doubt it um, it really it's just opening up your inventory and keeping it open to all market segments at this time period, and also looking back any business that may have been lost in the past in contacting those folks those groups again to determine, hey, we now have a gap. I was wondering if you'd like to meet at my hotel just a very very difficult because of the size of this meeting and uh, that it's an annual basis coming
1: to Chicago. Very difficult to recover from this. Now you brought up the point, Tony, and I'm going to have Pat answer this part. You had brought up the idea. There may be some groups that still do decide they want to meet on property. Um, So Pat, let's look at this from a logistics standpoint, because you've been an expert when it comes to medical meetings and, When it comes to what goes into that, how does a medical association or frankly, any other association that's looking to meet, how do they do that now, given the current environment we're in? Well, Chris,
0: I'm going to go back to your last question to Tony, because I think it kind of ties in with this, is that we we can almost uh, determine all of us, everyone in the industry, that we're not coming back face to face, full force yet. And what I, what I like to tell the hotels or the venues is that, or any company, even the own, my own companies that I work for, for, is we've all had to reimagine our lives. Um, we're, we're reimagining the way we live. You know, we work from home. We are homeschooling. We are being with our families 24-7 a day. I mean, it's, it's been a big adjustment. Hotels and venues, I think you have to reimagine your business. I always say regenerative is good, and that's what you're all going to have to go through, and that can lead to transformation. And, and simply street talk: what I'm meeting is, if you know they're not going to come to your property, do something to get to keep up that relationship. Develop some virtual meeting space in that hotel for them. Run their virtual meetings. Um, there won't be food and beverage, there won't be heads and beds, but you're keeping up that relationship. Because what I'm hearing from, and when I say pharma, I'm going to talk about corporate versus association. What I'm hearing from corporate pharmaceutical and medical device and biotech is this advice to hotels, stop calling me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a sad thing to hear, but that's what they're saying. Stop calling me. If you want to send me an email and check and see how my health is and how I'm doing, that's fine. Don't sell to me right now. And it's a strong message and that's going to change, of course, but I think we need to pay attention to that. And again, I think we need to reimagine the way you're doing business and if that's going to require to do things differently.
1: What a, I mean, that's a very honest and frank conversation. I mean, they're, they're basically saying um, the pipeline's closed at this point and It may be closed for some time. So I guess as we begin to wrap this up, because I don't want it to be focused on doom and gloom. I know things are changing. I know that we're in a new world now. So I'm going to start with Pat and then I'll go to Tony. Um, I would like to um, first ask you guys, uh, what, you know, what's one positive we can take away from this whole, this whole situation?
0: Well, I think the positive is that we're going to learn that virtual could be the future and we need to ramp up for that we need to understand what virtual meetings are going to look like it might be the preferred way of meeting moving forward and actually if i had chris to give any advice about this i would say to everyone look forward don't look behind um and i think uh, again looking at uh, is this virtual working is it going to be the future is this how we're going to meet is it going to be hybrid but look forward not backward
1: Great advice, Pat. Tony, what advice do you have? I I
2: say that as well. The world has changed so considerably the last few months, and more people are working from home. And I truly believe that more companies are going to have people work from home if they demand you sit in a desk, sit in a seat in a desk at workplace. They may not be around much longer, those type of companies. And you might read about it in the newspapers if they're still around. But I really, truly believe, you know, virtual hybrid meetings are probably going to be the future. We as human beings innately, we want to meet, have face to face contact uh, with folks at trade shows and events and meetings. I'm not ready to say uh, live events are dead. I just think we're hit a pause button and I'm kind of excited and interested to see what type of technologies are going to come out of this uh, for the future as we move through the pandemic, as well as the
1: riots that are happening right now. Again, great positive advice from both of you. So as we wrap up here today, Pat, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best? Um, You can
0: reach me via email for sure at uh, it's a long one. And I apologize, but I'm sure Chris has it. It's pat.shaman at shamanconsultinggroup.com.
1: Okay, and, and thank you, Pat. And, of course, Tony, how do people get a hold of you?
2: I would love if people, if they wanted to send me a message through LinkedIn, or they can send me an email, my personal email, Prusak at msn.com, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions anyone would have.
1: Terrific. Again, great conversation, great advice, and a great 50,000-foot uh, overview on the current state of medical meetings in the future when it comes to meetings uh, across the country in our new normal. Again, Pat, Tony, thank you You so much. Have a great day. Take care.
2: You too, Chris. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it very much.
1: Thanks for listening to the Hospitality One-to-One podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more stories and conversations with the best in the hospitality industry.